politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, our property, and our right to exist as human beings. If that is your agenda, well, it's certainly my agenda. This is your place. See our podcast, Blaze Media. Daniel Horowitz back here today for Tuesday, August 16th. Please join us on Telegram at C19 Truth Bombs. You could always email me, danielherowitz at startmail.com and get all of my daily columns either at conservativereview.com or theblaze.com. And folks, it's a little bit bizarre that we're about, what, eight days into this FBI raid and nothing has changed. There's no resolution to adopt an agenda on the part of the conservative movement, on the part of Republicans. You don't hear anything about the fact that there's, hey, a budget bill next week, next month, I mean, to fund the entire federal government. And there's no impetus to deal with the FBI. There's no impetus to deal with Pfizer after everything CDC has admitted and Moderna, for that matter, there is no impetus to deal with all the money from Ukraine. Hey, why don't we hear about Ukraine anymore? It's kind of funny. And all the inflation that was induced because of our policies, all these big drive-bys, and Republicans aren't even promising to do anything about it. Again, they're not even promising when they get the House to repeal the IRS agents and the green energy, hundreds of billions in funding in that uh, Build Back Better bill. You know, Republicans can hold up the budget bill. They can hold up the NDAA. We don't hear anything demanding answers on Ukraine and Pfizer. It's just kind of endless commentary. Otherwise, it's a quiet midsummer period, slow news cycle. Things are moving very slowly. Obviously, as we knew, the government is uh, adamant that it doesn't want to release the affidavit. Of course, they don't because <laughs> that holds all the goodies in it. But what are we going to do about it? Oh, just just vote. Win back the Congress. Well, they're going to win back the House anyway. And the Senate, it doesn't matter. Mitch McConnell is not even talking about any of this. Meaning 60 votes is what matters. You think it matters whether there's 50 Republicans or 51 or 52 with Mitch McConnell in charge? It literally makes no difference. And ironically, because they have no agenda, polling is showing that you know they're losing their edge. So what is our purpose here? And also, the fact is if we had an agenda, we would understand that there is so much unfinished business on COVID fascism, as we mentioned yesterday. I want to talk a little bit about that unfinished business. Oh, it looks like CDC is done with it. We could go back to normal. Or can we? They have quietly established a number of precedents that affect our life, liberty, and property, our, our ability to seek and get care and trust basic things that are put out. I mean, one of the hallmarks of America is like water, food, fuel, Medicine, we kind of all trust a certain standard. Hospitals, and now we can't. What are we going to do about that? These are all civilization issues, and having such an agenda is a lot more important than just voting in an election. 
And another thing that's more important is parallel economies. Voting with your pocketbook, supporting only those who support support your values. And that's why here at The Blaze, we have been longtime sponsors of Patriot Mobile, which is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider. Why go with T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T that spy on you, work with the government, fund I mean, the telecoms are the worst. They, they, they fund, they are big tech. They fund all of this stuff. Patriot Mobile is different because they actually fund those who share your values. You don't have to sacrifice by changing. You could keep your number. They have the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same service plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company that's fighting for life, liberty, property, Second Amendment, religious freedom. So go to patriotmobile.com slash CR to make the switch today or call 972-PATRIOT and I guarantee you you'll, you'll, you will get an English speaker on the phone, which is rare today in customer service. Use offer code CR to get free activation. Again, go to patriotmobile.com slash CR. That's patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 972-PATRIOT. Make sure if you're a veteran or first responder to let them know because they have a special discount just for you. So I want to start off today talking about one of our strike force teams. I won't mention which state it's from. It's from a red state. Um, and, you know, I wasn't successful in setting up as many as I wanted so far, but we have a terrific leader in, in this state that joined together people from this audience and other uh, uh, grassroots activists to form that strike force team to focus on the issues that matter at a state level, meaning fighting national civilization issues at a state level. And she called me yesterday or contacted me uh, with, with a little bit of a concern that she was concerned that there was a lot of acrimony within the group and people were starting to fight with each other over the fact that there's a number of rhinos that wound up winning their primaries and they're going to be on the ballot for the general election. There's this big fight over whether to vote for them in the general election. And she wanted my advice about what to do. And I'm just going to give over to all of you what I told her because I think it's important to our agenda today, which is actually having an agenda and that elections without an agenda are meaningless. And I said, I would put out a message to the group and basically tell them that it's not worth tearing each other apart and having the greatest degree of polarization over the least meaningful detail. You want to vote for the rhino because you feel you feel it's just that guy versus the Democrat or you feel it makes no difference. Do what you want. It doesn't make much of a difference. The main point in forming grassroots groups is to focus on the issues and particularly in the state legislature. So, yeah, you have rhinos going to the Senate, rhinos going to Congress. It doesn't make a difference anyway. What does matter is if you have a trifecta at the state level, the House, Senate and governor. What are the 10 most important things you're going to do on medical freedom, on food supply, getting China out of controlling land, bar reform, I think is very important to reform the legal system so that the bar doesn't have a a monopoly. Obviously, anti-grooming legislation, interposition legislation, getting the feds out of um, tyranny and arresting people for, for not doing anything wrong. Obviously, medical medical tyranny at a federal level, land use, control of the financial system. Go through those top issues, get a champion to introduce the bill, and then pressure everyone to support it 
and grow that grassroots movement. And another thing I've said before, local conservative media, a lot of states don't have much of it. There's a lot of saturation at a federal level. But if you focused on the people that matter and the issues that matter locally, you cover the legislative session, you cover you know, county governments, you're going to get people really scared of you. These are the things that matter so much more than just, okay, who are you going to vote for in a general election when you just have a rhino? And by doing that, over time, you'll create a convert-or-die scenario within the Republican Party in your state where you no longer will have and face these false choices of the lesser of two evils, so to speak. That's, that's my view on it. It's just not worth fighting over it. It presupposes that elections are that important. I, I honestly don't think they are. Meaning, it's not like my strategy is, oh, no, 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 no. You specifically don't vote for the rhino, and that's going to fix it. I just think I'm not, I'm a never rhino. I'm not voting for them anymore. But it's not like that alone is the solution somehow that that's going to fix it. I don't think either way is a solution. I don't think the elections really matter that much if what you do every day between them don't, you know, don't matter. And then moreover, you you know, you might be of the opinion, yeah, I'll still in the privacy of my booth vote for the rhino over the Democrat. That's fine. But in terms of your grassroots energy, when it's not being spent on the issues, if you want to spend it on elections, again, focus on the primaries. If primaries are over, focus on the general election of the better guys, right? They're, they're going to need your support. The rhino dirtbags that have all the establishment and, and uh, industry Money, let them fend for themselves. They have it anyway. So I don't think this should tear each other apart. But that's the broader point here. See, there's one legitimate reason for always voting Republican. But the irony is, as I've always said, the people who are most passionate about vote Republican, vote Republican at all costs, they themselves basically ignore the entire rationale for doing it. And that is simply this. The only difference is that because they have to pretend somewhat to share our values in order to get the market share of the right-of-center vote in, in their given state or district, more so than a Democrat, you have a little bit more of a chance of potentially scaring them, pressuring them into doing the right thing. So go do it. Don't just make a big deal out of the election. Every day, set an agenda and make it clear that you cannot be caught on the wrong side of that agenda. And what is our agenda? For one, it starts with medical freedom. We are not done yet by a long shot. There is so much damage that has been done to the human psyche to the value of life, to treatment, medicine, doctors, therapeutics, and obviously vaccines. This is the opening salvo in vaccines. They're accelerating them to this day. What are you going to do about that? To protect the people in your state, liability-wise, regulatory capture-wise, you know, one of the things people don't understand is I've always been a long uh, proponent of deregulation of the FDA because it costs too much money to bring drugs to market. I'm all, I'm, and I'm still of that belief. 
But the problem is, and this is very important, very important point. Well, Daniel, do you support regulation or not? Like, what's the deal? Here's the difference. If you have a pure free market, what happens is the vacuum that is now monopolized by government is filled by other entities. Think about when you rent um, a VRBO, Airbnb. It usually works out pretty good. You get a bad comment, it's a kiss of death. So the it, it, it's a nice free market in that people really count on feedback from customers. So they want to please the customer. So if you didn't have the FDA, you couldn't have a company producing crap that causes problems because they wouldn't have the ability to shut that information out. Okay? You would have some sort of other system that would arise to police bad products. The worst is when you do have a regulatory state, but you have regulatory capture. So they monopolize that. They're in with the government. So then everyone trusts it, but then they game it out to produce bad products, and the government works in tandem with them to shield them of immunity, shield them of bad press with the censorship and everything. That's where we are now. That needs to be dealt with. We need answers for that. And I'm not seeing anyone coming up with a plan on a state or federal level. We do in our book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial so that it never happens again. Available on Amazon. Go to trialsandexecution.com to order and then pre-order and then also download the first chapter for free. But the last chapter is where we have an exhaustive list of things that need to be done on a state and federal level. If you do that, it makes the elections not so important. If we would hold their feet to the fire on this, but this doesn't even exist. I mean, even on the FBI, which is all the conservative media care care about now, it's not even like they have any good ideas for what to do about it. Now, one good idea I do have for you guys is in your investment, don't put all your money, particularly your nest egg with your retirement 401k IRA into the stock market casino, put it into something of actual value. Um, It's funny, Zimbabwe is going towards the gold standard now. It's very interesting. Just like Russia, they are, um, (laughs) they're moving in a lot more prudent direction than us. I'm telling you, we're going to be worse off than Zimbabwe. Uh, But you could, you could join in what they're doing. Don't wait for the government because the government ain't waiting for you. Go to Birch Gold. How do you invest with Birch Gold? So today, text Daniel to 989898 to get a free info kit on how to invest in gold and silver. It's no obligation to get this info. What what Birch Gold does is they help convert your 401k or Roth IRA into a tax-sheltered account in gold and silver. More than any other company, Birch has been around for a long time. They have um, thousands upon thousands of A-plus ratings from the Better Business Bureau, satisfied customers. Again, this is a great example of how the free market works without government. Um, you know, Customers are going to vet out what is a good and, and, and a bad product. And when it comes to Birch Gold, the jury is in. Text Daniel to 989898 to protect your savings with gold right now. So there are so many unfinished businesses people don't realize The masking is still looming over us, potentially for every winter. You have 
the hospital treatment. That we basically have the hospitals are the Fourth Reich with a mentality of the Fourth Reich. How do we emerge from the last number of years, last two and a half years, where doctors literally turned crap to gold and gold to crap? They took the best therapeutics and made them like garbage, and they took death stuff, and they promoted it. And to this day, they promoted You cannot trust your doctor. We need an answer to that. How to rebuild a free market healthcare system. How to at least protect doctors, their licenses, medical boards, break the monopoly on that through a, you know state statutes. I have a plan for that in my book. I've talked about it before. Vaccine injury. We talked about that a lot yesterday. Where's the plan to compensate people to, to induce discovery in the legal system and break this immunity box from liability? A plethora of other shots, both for COVID and other things coming down the pipeline that are known to be dangerous. The viral immune escape that's going to continue to go in a vicious cycle from the more you inject, the more you infect. And they're killing people from COVID and making this never end. So we're going to try to get to all of these a little bit today. But I want to talk about, for the most part, the new paradigm of the FDA approving dangerous, dangerous things, buying them from from those private vendors, partnering with them, marketing them, and pressuring the public to get them when they're death shots. And then they create all sorts of viral immune escape in the public and possibly could shed to other people. This is a new paradigm. They got away with it. It's not like, man, we really caught them with their pants down. Daniel, CDC's running away with their tail between their their legs. What are you talking about? Pfizer and Moderna are happier than they've ever been. They have not been dinged one bit. They're going to do it again. And other similar companies are going to do it again. And they are doing it. And that's where I want to talk about monkeypox today. The monkeypox vaccine. A lot of people laugh it off because they view it as homopox. Okay, so well, look, if I'm not engaging in some sort of orgy, who cares about monkeypox? And in some sense, you're right. But folks, they are foisting a deadly, dangerous shot on the public in broad daylight. Some of you might have been following this. Those of you who haven't, I want to present to you the information and data that the shots they're producing have no studies of safety and efficacy with randomized controlled trials, the gold standard, and what we do have with human observational trials, other clinical trials, and animal trials show up front, and they admit it that it's problematic, but they don't care. So who's to say the monkeypox vaccine won't become part of the childhood schedule. And even if this one doesn't, there's so many more in the pipeline that the same thing applies. COVID wasn't an exception, and we're done with it. It was a paradigm shift. It was a great reset. That now we could use fear that this is what we do. We constantly come up with new shots. We constantly manufacture new gain-of-function pathogens. And then we have a seamless process of pushing dangerous shots on you and no one's going to question it. And the medical system is going to seamlessly 
like a conduit for for a sewer pipe, just lop up whatever the government puts out, and you have no informed consent. That is the Fourth Reich. That is the grand human experimentation of all 8 billion people in the universe. That is the lack of enlightened consent. We swore we wouldn't, we wouldn't do it again. And yet we have it right in front of us, the next thing. And no one even cares. No questions. Where did monkeypox come from suddenly? Why is this spreading so much? More than ever before. What's the likelihood that you have back-to-back pandemics when you usually don't have them you know, so closely together? Why is there a sudden mysterious pre-prepared response with vaccines? Gee, haven't we seen this rodeo again b- before? Yeah, we're going to see it again until we shut it down. So again, we know that Bill Gates warned about a smallpox outbreak last year. We, knew, we know that there were vials of smallpox that turned up in a Merck laboratory in Philadelphia that they then said, oh, no, no, it's not. It's not smallpox, even though it was labeled as such. Okay, really? We know that in May 2021, they held a tabletop simulation on a monkeypox outbreak. This is a very serious problem, folks. A few months later, the FDA approved the drug for smallpox, which in itself raises a number of questions. How do you approve something for a virus that's eradicated, and why would you approve it, and who would go through the costly process to do that if you didn't think you would have a market for it? So, then we have this 2019 vaccine, the main vaccine they're using. It was not just experimental, but fully approved. It got a BLA in 2019. Held a simulation. Gates warned about it. They have a therapeutic, at least for the broader family, of smallpox. And then now we have the worst, probably the worst monkeypox outbreak ever. Okay, they're up to over 11,000 cases in the U.S. I mean, we, we used to count them in the, in, the, in the ones, in the dozens maybe, when we had this. Again, seemingly they're still from orgies, but there's something funny here. And we should all be concerned about that. The same questions, the literally the same questions about COVID we have about this. Where did it come from? Where, where, did, where did a crazy pathogen like this come from? How do you seemingly have everything prepared, knew about it? And then had a crazy vaccine prepared. Let's start off with the vaccine that they're pretty much not using, but they are kind of making available for it. ACAM 2000, ACAM 2000. It's a live virus smallpox shot. And they presume, although they've never tested it, they want to presume it has some sort of efficacy for monkeypox, but there's no randomized controlled trial you know, showing that. What is this ACAM 2000? This is very important to, 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 to talk about because you might think, well, Daniel, you know, COVID was different. But every other vaccine, we could, you could bet your bottom dollar on it that it works amazingly. And it's safe and effective. Okay, this was a sh- ACAM 2000. The government ordered millions of these after the anthrax outbreak in 2003. Dick Cheney was all behind this. And they, Dick Cheney even had a plan to jab everyone with ACAM 2000. We played before the clip of Fauci talking about uh, how it's, it's a real doozy on the heart and everything real problematic. CDC has 
a recommendation report. You could just look it up. CDC or FDA. It's a joint paper um, published June 3rd. Monkeypox vaccines. You'll find it. June 3rd. Okay, this is not some sort of even independent study. This is CDC, FDA's own analysis of, of the situation. Primary vaccination with ACAM 2000 is contraindicated in persons with the following conditions. Serious allergy to a vaccine component. History of atopic uh, dermatitis or other you know, skin conditions. And, and an immunocompromising condition. Pregnancy, breastfeeding, and known, under, known underlying heart disease. Well, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of contraindications. Interesting. And then, out of nowhere, they just toss in this nugget. Because ACAM 2000, they toss in like very blithely. Because ACAM 2000 is replication competent, there is a risk of serious adverse events with it. Myopericarditis also occurs with ACAM 2000 estimated at a rate of 5.7 per 1,000 vaccinees based on clinical trial data, but the underlying mechanism is unknown. That's one in 175 people. They're saying I have a risk for myocarditis. They say there's a risk for serious adverse events that they don't describe. Again, Fauci talked about this in an interview in 2003. It's nothing new. But to the public, this is all very new. That they had a small, the main smallpox vaccine, this generation smallpox vaccine that they had circulating, this is on their own website, is a real doozy. It's a real heavy hitter. Who would know that? This is a big problem. People send their kids to pediatrician. And the word vaccine to them is the way you and I think of a vitamin D pill. Just all all gain, no pain. The safest and, and most amazing thing you can imagine. And they had this around. And to this day, they haven't destroyed it. And it's even technically available to be used for monkeypox. Okay? This is really scary, folks. This is crazy. The ACAM shot is so dangerous that there were two Johns Hopkins researchers last week. They, they called for a full review of the shot at Stat News. They published an op-ed and warned that it could spread to other people in the household. Right? This is a spreading one. It's a live virus-competent vaccine. How could this even be on the market? And how was it on the market, even before monkeypox? CDC adds the following tidbit in this shot, in in this uh, analysis. Because of the documented risk of myocarditis after receipt of both ACAM 2000 and mRNA COVID vaccines. So now they're noting there's another problem if you give someone ACAM for monkeypox, because most people had the COVID shots. There's an unknown risk of myocarditis after gyneos. That's the other one, the main one we're going to talk about. Persons might be considered waiting four weeks after orthopox virus, that's monkeypox vaccination, either gyneos or ACAM, either one that they're using before receiving an mRNA code vaccine, particularly adolescent or adult young males. So it's funny. When it comes to COVID, they're like, shut up, get it. We're going to engage in apartheid. 
you're a 15 year old boy who needs a kidney transplant can't get one um even though he's at risk for myocarditis gets the shot some schools still are mandating it on 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 boys and 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 everyone but then when it comes to monkeypox they like blissfully slip into it oh yeah you know if you're getting gynios or acam one of the two shots they're using um yeah, you, you, you should watch out not getting it together with the COVID vaccine because it's a risk of myocarditis. So when it comes to that, they blithely slip, slip in. So again, openly, they're admitting something could kill your heart and it's still not only made available, but mandated, mandated on 18, 20-year-old service members to this day. That, that's not even a, I would say it's a violation of the Nuremberg Code, but the Nuremberg Code is like when it's unknown, you don't experiment. Here it's known to be a problem, and they're still doing it. This is crazy. Nuts. So th- this this is not over with. They, they're not stupid. They know a handful of us will, will read their stuff. But the public at large is not going to be aware of this. So this is ACAM. What about the more, the one that's mainly being used, which is the Gynios? Okay, J-Y-N-N-E-O-S. What about that? Take a listen to this clip of a WHO guy describing the situation with that. Uh, I, I would like to underline one thing that is very important to WHO. Uh, we do have uncertainties around the effectiveness of these vaccines because they haven't been used in this context and in this scale before. And therefore, that when these vaccines are being delivered, that they are delivered in a context of uh, clinical trial studies and prospectively collecting this data to increase un- our understanding on the effectiveness of these vaccines. Thank you. Cases are reported with men have sex with men, uh, do you fear that the governments might not take this fake as seriously as the COVID? Thank you very much, Jerry. Good question. I guess we'll go to Dr. McGrath. It is important both that it is taken seriously and, and we make collective efforts to support the community affected and the experience that they have had as the most at-risk group, and in this case, it's men who have sex with men. Okay, so you heard that, folks. You're basically a clinical trial. They're saying there haven't been clinical trials on it. It's experimental. And they're, they're going to see what happens now. With all these people, they're giving out millions of these. Okay? They don't know. It's experimental. But in some ways, it's a little bit more peculiar and worse than the COVID dynamic because it's, they didn't even pretend to – like in, in, in COVID, they claim they did uh, randomized controlled trials, okay? Um, now, we know they were fraudulent, but at least they claim they did them. Here, they never even did it. But on the other hand, unlike COVID, it got full BLA. I want you guys to think about that. 2019, three years before the outbreak, two years before the tabletop simulation, they randomly did an even bigger rush than COVID. Meaning it wasn't just EUA, but BLA, full licensure. And they officially didn't do an RCT on it. 
and they approved it with no pandemic. Here they could say, oh, we were scared. Everyone was dying of COVID. We're in a rush. Why? Say This is very creepy. Very, very creepy. And by the way, see, we all thought that the first time they used this immunobridging, you know, where you just look at antibody levels rather than clinical trials, was with the, um, the, the baby shots. But it turns out the 2019 Gynos monkeypox vaccine was done that way. So they had this prepared. Now let's return to the same June 3rd FDA CDC recommendation document and what they have to say on Gynos. Okay? After considering uh, ge- geometric mean titers and seroconversion data together, right, because it was just uh, antibody levels, the work group had moderate certainty that Gynios provides a small increase in disease prevention compared with that provided by ACAM 2000. So ACAM 2000 was like a bioweapon murdered people. And they're like, okay, this one is better. There's a moderate level of certainty that it provides a small increase in prevention relative to that. The work group estimated with low certainty, low certainty that fewer serious adverse events occur following the Johnny's primary series compared with ACAM 2000 primary vaccination, and that fewer events of myopericarditis occur after Johnny's primary series than after ACAM 2000 primary series. <laughs> So you have like a bioweapon killed everyone, called it caused myocarditis, serious adverse events. We have a low level certainty that there's some magnitude of order fewer serious events and myocarditis than AKM 2000. It's right there in their thing. What do you want me to tell you? Jeez. Well, look, if you can't cry, you got to laugh. This is crazy. Then in the next paragraph, they describe Gynios boosters. So they're, they're, it's the same paradigm as COVID. They divulge that they have a very low, so it goes down to very low level of certainty about the rate of myocarditis. Yet, they approved it unanimously without question. No one in the, in the United States knows that this is even going on and realize that they're all immune to liability. And and people look at me like Mars when I invoke the Fourth Reich, Joseph Mengele, the doctor's trial at Nuremberg experiment. I mean, this this blows that out of the water, what they were trying to do there, what they thought would happen if they didn't create a Nuremberg code. This is just straight up, doesn't work, we're doing it anyway. It gets worse. It gets worse. On the actual FDA label of Gynios, you could Google it. Gynios FDA label. Okay, this is the, the, the label, but no one bothers reading it. Page six, it reveals that 1.2% of all recipients in the trial experience, quote, cardiac adverse events of special interest. 1.2%, and that, that number was 2.1% among those who already had the smallpox vaccine. So that's, I mean, my parents' generation, you know, anyone born, I don't know, I mean, even older than that. I mean, even younger than that. A lot of Gen Xers probably also got it too, older Gen Xers. 
two point because because pre- presumably their their body's already primed with the heart crushing smallpox vaccine. Two point one percent, dude. So they're like, eh, Gynios wasn't quite as bad as ACAM two thousand, and then they reveal on the label that their own trials, two point one percent, dude. That's one in, that's like one in forty nine. You're down to one in forty nine there. That's nuts. That is nuts. Then Dr. Meryl Nass, we've had her on the show, and her Substack, she points out that there's an FDA review document. It's like a 170-page document, FDA review document of Gynios. On page 162, it reveals that other studies, not including in the licensing label, revealed that between 11 and 18% of participants experienced increased troponin levels, which, as you well know, we talked about with the COVID studies with heart damage. That's a possible sign of heart damage, abnormal EKGs. On page 191, it shows that the side effects were so common that 8% of those participants who were HIV positive could not get their second Janios shot due to the bad experience with the first one. I mean, this is this might even be worse than the COVID shots. Who knows? It's happening right under our nose. Again, without any, any oversight. About 2% of recipients had serious adverse events. Crazy. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Furthermore, just like the COVID shots, animal trials performed by Bavarian Nordic, that's the company, showed that Janios shot did not prevent transmission even at peak immunity. Like the peak, like levels. It did not, it was a non sterilizing shot. Now, what does that tell you? Well, veteran listeners of this show, the last year and a half, would know wait a minute, non sterilizing shot, leaky vaccine, that's a recipe for, you guessed it, viral immune escape and negative efficacy. So who's to say that th- that Gynios is not going to do to monkeypox and this version circulating what the COVID shots did to COVID, a.k.a. you make it over time more transmissible and then it won't just be orgy pox. It will affect all of us. And to this day, we don't know if the vaccine itself is spreading it. Yet, all 9,000 monkeypox vaccination appointments offered in New York City, were filled within two hours. How many of the people were informed of any of these risks? The label states, plainly, safety and effectiveness of Janios have not been established in individuals less than 11 years of age. Now, based on their own admission, it hasn't been established more than 18 years, but their definition of safe and effective now is anything that kills fewer than 99% of the people take it, but... Under 18, they admit it didn't. But as some of you might have seen last week, it was approved through emergency basis for kids for monkeypox last week. Meanwhile, yesterday, HHS released 442,000 more doses of Johnios to the states. And nobody, nobody is going to question it. Nobody. This is absolutely nutso. Nutso. What are you going to do with this? You go and read the label. Read the label. 
Severe allergic reactions. Appropriate medical treatment must be available to manage possible anaphylactic reactions to fo- following administration of Janios. The risk of for a severe allergic reaction should be weighed against the risk of disease due to smallpox or monkeypox. Well, that doesn't give me high degree of confidence. Um, let's see what else we got here. Pregnancy. Available human data on Janios administered to pregnant women are insufficient to inform vaccine-associated risk in pregnancy. It is not known whether Janios is excreted in human milk. Data are not available to assess the effects of Janios in the breastfed infant or on milk production. Again, this is straight verbatim from the licensure, the label. Safety and effectiveness of Janios has not been established in those under 18. Um, Janios has not been evaluated for carcinogenic or mutagenic potential or for impairment of male fertility in animals. Okay. So there you go, folks. Really, really lovely. Really, really lovely. Okay. Doesn't this sound like we're doing this again? And we still haven't dealt with this? We still haven't uprooted this? The immunity issue? The oversight issue? The mandate issue? Again, most schools have mandates for the other vaccines. They're going to make this stuff part of the childhood schedule. And again, once we know all of this was going on, and even pre-COVID now we proved... You could swear that the other several dozen shots on the childhood schedule are, are are all, you know, pristine. No, we need to audit every one of them now. This is this is the biggest pro-life issue I can imagine. We didn't even get to talking about the hospitals and how to deal with that and treatment regimens, patient bills of rights, privacy, digital privacy bill of rights. All this stuff needs to be dealt with in the states and the feds, ideally. And yet, there's no impetus in conservative media to talk about this. And the viral immune escape is a big issue. Gert Vandenbosch, just as a paper came out today, updated COVID-19 vaccines comprising new mRNA or protein-derived S-associated sequence of one or more Omicron subvariants. Meaning he's talking about they're coming out with multivariant shots. Bivariant. So in other words, it means the, 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 the BA1 and the BA4 and 5. That's a recipe for disaster. You're priming the body for all sorts of things, and then you're giving it to people, again, who already had the Wuhan virus, had the Wuhan shot. And he noticed it will only further deteriorate the already dire consequences of COVID-19 mass vaccination, abundant cell surface expressed, and free-circulating S-protein will cause a unilateral and potentially protracted recall of IE antibodies without priming neutralizing antibodies against new Omicron-specific antigenic sequences. Whereas the purpose of these novel vaccines is to enhance protection against continuously evolving variants, they will have the exact opposite effect in that they will enhance the evolutionary dynamics of the virus. Continued mass vaccination with novel Omicron-adapted vaccines will only increase population-level immune pressure on viral virulence by these antibodies which currently have a virulence-inhibiting effect at the level of lower respiratory tract. Large-scale vaccination with these updated vaccines will merely expedite expedite natural selection and expansion of, of super, these, these variants that will exhibit a high level of virulence and infectiousness 
infectiousness in vaccinees while sparing the unvaccinated from this impact. So thankfully, he's, he's, he still thinks that the unvaccinated won't be affected. Who knows? But folks, this is what they're doing on monkeypox, and this is what they're going to do with the RSV vaccine. And this is likely what's happening with the flu vaccines as well. They're, they're going to keep juicing up. They already have plans to have these super flu vaccines. I don't mean 10 years from now. I mean probably next season. What are we going to do about this? And folks, they're willing to do all of this. All of this. Without ever just simply saying, hey, um, don't engage in orgies for a few weeks. I mean, they criminalize the behavior of every single human being. So what's to stop them from criminalizing orgies? Just saying, hey, we're going to arrest you if you do orgies for, for 15 days. Okay? Why would you engage in something like this? Such a risk. And not just simply say, just, hey, tone down those uh, Lindsey Graham activities for, for a couple of days. Why? It's mind-blowing. But the answer is quite obvious. Because this is the Fourth Reich. Because they likely created this on purpose. The circumstantial evidence is so strong, it's impossible that by chance they were ready, simulating, producing therapeutics, producing shots, and rushed, rushed like anything. And there's also another very important point I want to bring out here. Um, and that is, don't get too focused on the EUA. Oh, I we need to make a rule against EUAs can't be forced on people. No, you need a rule that anything can't be forced on people because that presupposes, oh, it's a rush shot. It's not a rush shot. It's a genocide shot. So the FDA will be like, okay, I'll give a full approval. <laughs> you see with the monkeypox, the Johnny's shot, they gave it full approval. And by the way, just um, how related is this as, as of now to sodomy? It's the craziest thing. This is from MedPage Today. Monkeypox symptoms tied to specific type of sex patients had. Prostatitis, an inflammation in the lining of the rectum, was more likely in individuals who reported cheese, anal receptive sex, while nearly all those who presented with um, ulcerative tonsillitis reported oral. It, it, basically, if you... Jeez. Stupid thing. <laughs> you can look it up on MedPage today <laughs> um, if you're so interested. Um, to read all the gory details, monkeypox symptoms tied to specific type of sex patients had. Basically, it shows that that the viral load was commensurate with how much and how what degree of stuff you were doing. You know, what degree of Leviticus you're practicing. Um, truly, truly disgusting. And yet, they are willing to unleash this. And also another important point about this is that you see, let, let, let's just admit that there is nobody 
held in greater esteem by the medical government establishment than than homosexuals, right? So if they're willing to unleash a dangerous vaccine on them, right? Because those are primarily the people who are going to be getting it and lining up for this. You could imagine, you know, on us what they're willing to do. Rather than just telling them to, hey, uh, why don't you knock it off a little bit? Okay? So, folks, this is not done yet. Monkeypox is literally a rerun. And you look at how quickly it was. And you look at the other things that they're dealing with, all the hemorrhagic fevers, Lassa virus and Nipah and avian flu. They have it's the same paradigm. They're not done with it until we make them done with it. You go to uh, England in the week ending August 5th, 2022. Okay, it's week 31 of the year. There were 10,698 deaths registered in England and Wales. 14.4% excess 14.4% 14.4% excess above five-year average. Norway is 18% excess above last year, which was the year of the pandemic. Excess deaths, 18%. And their birth rate is down 6%. And by the way, speaking of this point from Gert Vandenbosch, and what my concern is with the non-sterilization of the monkeypox vaccine, that you create viral immune escape. There's an unbelievable phenomenon. We talked about the Pacific Rim. The fact that all these places that seem to never have a problem in 2020, and even in 2021, they never had a problem with COVID. They suddenly start having the most deaths with the least pathogenic version, meaning it's the mo- it spreads the most, but it's not as pathogenic, Omicron, In 2022, after everyone has the shots and all the seniors have at least three. And they are experiencing not just more cases, but more deaths. Now, than when like in the United States and and Western Europe, they were experiencing, you know, insane amount of deaths. And these countries had nothing. We found that in the Pacific Rim. Now, the Pacific Rim, they also had severe lockdowns. But other interesting countries to look at now are Finland and Norway. Remember those Nordic countries that seemed impervious to COVID? They barely had any deaths. They're like, wow, you know, they're all different theories about it as to why. You know, some people feel in Finland, they fortify a lot of products with vitamin D. Who knows? Do you know Norway now has the highest death rate? As of today, if you look in our world and data, Finland had it last week, I think, the, the highest rate of death. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about exponentially more than they've ever had. COVID deaths. Why? And remember, they didn't have lockdowns, severe lockdowns. And they never did the masking. So you can't credit, you know, oh, it was because, you know, in 2020, 2021, they did the lockdown masking. Norway had more restrictions than Sweden, but it was less than the rest of continental Europe. And Norway was never into the masking. They did not mask in schools. They never had a problem. Suddenly, now they do. Whereas in Africa, Africa doesn't have it at all now. What's the difference? Now, some people... 
have been asking me. I know on Telegram I posted something about you know Scandinavia versus Africa, and people were like, well, you know, maybe Africa they're not testing, but that's bull because Africa did have more, like you go to Nigeria, which is the biggest country in Africa, they have almost no cases, no deaths now. They did have a little bit. They never had much, but they did have a little bit in their peak times, and it was a little bit more than New Zealand, Australia, Finland, Norway, those countries. It was a little bit more. So they all got it. They all have, you know, they all have antibodies. It's been tested. So you can't tell me that they have less capability to test now than they did in 2020. They were testing to some degree. You find that. It's not like it was flat then. They did have some cases. I think we all know why. It's the viral immune escape. You don't have that in Africa. But they're actually working assiduously to juice up the numbers there and vaccinate people there and give them the problem that clearly Norway and Finland are experiencing. So this is a very big problem. They're continuing to do this. It seems like most new people have dropped off. No one new and the kids. But, but a lot of the seniors are continuously being terrified into, into getting this again and again. So this is not over with. None of, we didn't even begin to fight this. The emergency powers. In other words, perv- understanding that this is the Fourth Reich. Understanding the severity of what they're doing to, the, to humanity with bioproducts. And putting in place a legal, political, social, medical framework to prevent this from happening again. None of that has been done. And everyone wants to move on. Well, I'm not going to move on. Again, the way to move on is by rocketing this book up to the top. Last week we were doing good. Now, obviously, you know, it lost its muster because it's only pre-order. But if you haven't pre-ordered the book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting... COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial so it never happens again. You can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or just go to Trials and Execution without an S at the end. Trialsandexecution.com and make sure you download the first chapter there. Um, Folks, I want to play a clip today. This is from Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson on Twitter. Um... It's Laura Lynn TT is her handle. She plays a clip here of a man. She must know him, and she plays it, warning people and parents about the jabs because he, you know, lost a child from the um the jab and called up the pharmacist who administered it. Listen to this conversation right here and let me know what you think. This is a conversation of a dad. Why? So why wouldn't you have told her that? Okay, um, sorry, um, so it's got a real, um, side effect as well. No, it's uh, not that, no, it's not, because I've been doing research, it's common 
In, in the U.S., there's tens of thousands of them reported at the CDC site. So why are you not telling parents this? Were you told? Uh, you got the jab? Were you told? The parents and they don't want to get their child vaccinated. Yeah, so, so I don't want to scare the parents with something that is actually happening that's happened to my kid. Are you out of your mind? You don't want to scare them. You need to give them the right information so they can make a proper decision. What is wrong with you? You don't want to scare them. I'm recording this conversation as well, and this is going to a lawyer next. Thank you for admitting that. So why don't you tell them? When, when someone comes in there and says, hey, what can go wrong? What do you say, sore arm? Have you um, seen the amount of dead people? Have you seen it? Has your we all have. asked before giving consent to give... She asked what the side effects are. Did she ask? I'm not sure because I wasn't there. It doesn't uh, matter. You're supposed to yeah. tell people this can happen. No, my kid. So you know what the prognosis is? You know what it is? Possible death within five years. 20% of people with myocarditis die. It is a permanent damaged heart. It is not temporary. He's facing a heart attack because of you. Because you didn't want to scare her. You know, no kids have died from COVID, not a single healthy kid. And you're giving this stuff out and you're not warning people. What is wrong with you? And it's very, very sad. How much of this do you think is going to happen? Do you think we're going to reach critical mass where this is going to happen everywhere? Or are they going to find a way to distract people with new stuff so that this never comes out? What, it, what do you think their plan is going to be? to break this dam or block this dam from breaking because I think we are reaching that critical mass. It's it's really bad. I mean, if you look now at, where is this? Daily Expose, Expose News in the UK. It's a UK website, very good analysis of data because um, the UK publishes tons of data. They actually talk about, they have data released there. It's really scary um, from ONS, it's the Office of National Statistics, they put out um, data that got covered up. And where is this? As of May, they break down all-cause age-standardized mortality rates for death by vaccination status. All-cause mortality. So, you know, we're confused. How much is covid how much is um, natural death? How much is excess death? And you look, 18 to 39-year-olds. And every month, they have January, February, March, April, May. Every month, the balance gets more unfavorable. Meaning, the, for, the, for the vaccinated, the unvaccinated are the least, they compose the least share of, of deaths. Okay, so basically, if you look at the rate, age standardized, in May, for 18 to 39-year-olds, it's for, for unvaccinated, it's 14.1 per 100,000. Now, the one dose is like 42. It goes off the charts. Let's ignore that because that's probably a very small cohort, the number of people that got one shot. Let's just ignore that for a minute. 14.1 per 100,000 for unvaccinated. 
17.3 for double and 21.4 for triple or more. Okay? That is very scary. You go to 60 to 69-year-olds, it's 831 for unvaxxed, 1507, almost double for double vaxxed, and 1801, massive percentage more for three or more doses. You go to, you get older, you go to 70 to 79, it's 2181. You know, obviously by then you're going to have high amount of deaths. 2181 for unvaxxed, 4914, more than double for double vaxxed, and 9417, double the double and like quadruple the the not unvaxed for the triple. This is absolutely nutso. I, I, I still have to pinch myself to realize this is happening. We're going to be talking about millions of people killed and tens of hundreds of millions globally damaged. And they're doing this with monkeypox and they're going to do it with the next. And people question why we're comparing this to Nuremberg and calling for a Nuremberg code, Nuremberg trial. We will not back down and neither should you. Elections without an agenda are meaningless. It's time to focus on an agenda. It begins with medical freedom, but as we mentioned, many other issues. Again, go to C19 Truth Bombs on Telegram. Uh, that is where everything is happening, where you can catch up with me hour to hour. Uh, please, again, rate this five stars on iTunes. It will help us rocket up um, You know, on the ratings because if we don't do this, no one else will. Please order the book at trialsandexecution.com. Email me your comments to some of the questions I posed. Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.